Welcome to Health and Unwellness, a podcast brought to you by The Mighty, where we put the human back in health. I'm Kat. And I'm Skye. And we are your hosts for this season, Mighty with Migraine. Between the two of us, our heads have over 33 years of experience being a pain in our brains. Yours too? Let's be friends who wear sunglasses inside. Now on to today's episode, where we'll be discussing accepting and thriving with migraine. Hello, Skye. Hi, Kat. This episode is so bittersweet. We have made it to the very final one in this inaugural season of Health and Unwellness. How you feeling? Like you said, it's bittersweet. I can't believe we're about to have 12 episodes. But it's funny because I feel like whenever you and I talked about doing our final episode around thriving, which felt to be a very good ending. It makes sense. It makes sense. So Sky, it's the million dollar question on the table. Are the two of us thriving with migraine? Absolutely not. Kat, are you? (laughs) Not one bit. I would say I'm not thriving. Have I felt like I've thrived before with migraine? Perhaps. And I think that that's kind of why this topic is a good one. It's a lot more layered than it feels like. It's not so black and white. So I think today we want to talk about what does it mean to thrive in your life with a health condition, with migraine in particular. Sky, what are your initial thoughts on what it means to thrive? I guess thriving is living your best life. You're doing everything you want and then some. You're taking the world by storm. And I don't feel that way at all. (laughs) I think a lot of the time thriving is seen on the opposite end of the spectrum from surviving, which makes a lot of sense, right? Surviving, you're doing the bare minimum. You're literally getting yourself from moment to moment from day to day. Thriving can look like a much better quality of life, or at least that's how I'm judging it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like I've been personally in survival mode for a long time now. I mean, just tell my nervous system. I feel like I'm in fight or flight a lot. This episode, I mean, we've joked about how it's going to be tricky because neither of us feel like we're thriving, but we'll see. So we asked our community about how they define thriving and what it looks like to them. And I thought the responses were just so, so thoughtful and really made me think and redefine how I think of thriving. And I think the one thing I want to make sure we acknowledge is that thriving with a health condition does not mean you don't have symptoms, does not mean you don't have pain. It's more to me about Is it the thing that runs your life? Are you running your life? Is it the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning? Because it is usually for me. Same here. I wake up and I go, am I in pain? Yes, I am. And that sets the tone for the day. So Sky, what were some of the answers that our community gave us? One of my personal favorites was somebody wrote, I feel like thriving is a continuum. Sometimes I'm closer to the I'm thriving marker and other times I'm closer to the I'm struggling marker. I don't have a spot I'm trying to land to say I'm thriving. I just know some days are awesome and some days aren't. Some days I thrive and others I don't. That answer in particular really reshaped the framework I've been thinking about what it looks like to thrive with a health condition. Somebody else wrote that thriving to them is like trying to integrate the quote unquote healthy and unhealthy parts of them to live their best life. And I really like that definition because it shows that living your best life includes living with that health condition. It's chronic for a reason. We're stuck with it for better or for worse. And I appreciate that people recognize, oh, yeah, you can be chronically ill, but also thrive. You can. And I think it's possible. And to anyone out there who heard this topic and then heard Sky and I both go, "Mm, we're not thriving. If you are thriving, incredible. Love that for you. Want it to continue. Share your secrets with us. I think that part of it is everything fluctuates, right? Especially if you live with multiple health conditions. 
it depends on the day, depends on the moment. Something that I find particularly soul crushing about living (laughs) with multiple conditions is that I finally feel like I'm thriving with migraine. And then it's like, oh, well, here's a joint dislocation, a knock you on your butt. That's a bit tricky. But yeah, I like the idea of thriving on a spectrum, on a continuum. It's dynamic. It's constantly changing. It's not just what Instagram says is thriving. (laughs) Nope. And I think our community feels that way as well. A true or false question we asked, I am thriving with migraine. And only 8% of people said that migraine doesn't have a hold on them. And 60% say... They're somewhere in the middle. Depends on the day. That's absolutely where I identify. I don't feel like I'm just surviving. I'm doing this podcast. To me, surviving would be when I was in bed 24-7, unable to communicate to the world, unable to take a shower. That's not where I'm at. I am somewhere in the middle. I'm doing some stuff, but I am not having the type of life or the quality of life that I want and I yearn for those days. But being in the middle, eh, it's an improvement, at least from where I've been in the past. Yeah, I think if I get out of the self-pitying mode and more into the self-compassion mode, if you had asked me in March, I would have said I'm merely surviving. But these days, probably in the middle, definitely depends on the day. What would make you feel like you're thriving? What would take you over the edge to be like, this is it, I'm doing fantastic? Well, as like specifically relates to migraine, because I think that's where most of my like focus and energy is now. I feel like migraine is really affecting all aspects of my life the most. Reduced frequency of attacks, that would be great. If I could predict symptoms or when attacks would hit hardest, that would also be excellent. But in the grand scheme of things, I think increased independence is definitely what I'm looking for. And that's a really good one. And I think you and I have two different levels of independence, right? You are still living at home. I do not still live at home, but I do find that there are areas that I wish I could be more independent. I wish that grocery shopping was not something I needed people's help with. I do lots of online ordering. And just a general shout out, accessibility, disability thing. Never give anyone grief for ordering a lot of stuff online. No. The world got so much more accessible to me when I was able to like cut out small trips to the pharmacy, small trips to the grocery store and just order stuff online. So just a PSA for that. But I think independence, that's a really huge one, Sky. I'm glad you brought that one up. Let's take a quick break and then get back at it. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had pain relief and some even had pain freedom within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors or if allergic to Ubrelvi. Allergic reactions can happen and may occur hours to days after use. Get medical help right away if you have swelling of the face, mouth, tongue, or throat, or trouble breathing. The most common side effects were nausea and sleepiness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help some Else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Find more product information at ubrelvi.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. And we're back. Kat, what would thriving look like for you? It would be hands down having a social life. 
How I know I'm not thriving is that the only way I get through my weekends and the only way I get through my week is to just completely shut myself off from the world for 48 hours. Friday, end of the day hits. Saturday and Sunday, I'm in bed. And I do that to my benefit in the sense that I'm a much better, more happy person Monday through Friday because I've taken that time to rest. But when I take the time to rest, I'm sacrificing some of the good stuff in life. I'm not spending as much time with my family as I want, or if I'm spending time with them, it's not time where I feel good. I don't get a lot of friend time. I haven't traveled in five years. Anything that's more than half an hour to an hour away from me, I mean, hell, some of my doctors are an hour away from me, but I think the moment I can start doing those things again and not have to pay for it for literal weeks or months, then I would say I'm living with migraine, but it doesn't own me. I am not its employee. I have become the boss again, and migraine is simply one of my minions. I like that, yeah, trying to put migraine back in its place. And I think that brings up an interesting point about where we fall, I guess, another continuum, acceptance versus thriving. I feel similarly at the end of the week, I have to be by myself for the next two days. That way I can recharge and rest. Last weekend, I pushed it and tried to like socialize and do more stuff. And this week has felt off because of it. I think I'm personally at a point where I'm not really accepting that so much. I think I keep trying to fight against myself. I know that like accepting my circumstances would be to my benefit and I have in the past. I feel like I'm kind of constantly at odds with what I know is best for me and what I just want to be stubborn and do. I have a hot take, which is that I think it's really impossible to feel like you're thriving if you haven't fully accepted your health conditions. And I will say, for me, that was like an eight-year process, one that was filled with a lot of our good friend denial. It was filled with a lot of not recognizing where I was at. And so it took me a very long time to like say out loud, I have migraine, I am chronically ill, I am disabled. And to be fair, you don't need to do that to reach acceptance. But for me, claiming it living my chronically ill life out loud, all of that was so, so key to my healing. So I think if you haven't accepted your health condition, it's very hard to feel like you're thriving despite it, thriving with it. I was curious on your thoughts on that. It's not the greatest thing to say, but the times that I find I'm happiest in life are when I'm in denial about living with EDS specifically. And I think it's in part because with Ehlers-Danlos, it's such a arduous diagnostic process. I was lucky in that the first time I saw a rheumatologist, she's like, you stand weird. Let's talk about it. But I had gone literally my whole life since like my first big injury at age eight and being fatigued all the time as a small child. My whole life I've had this condition and I still feel like I was in denial earlier and I did all these things. I feel like I should just be stubborn and push past them and then I'll get to do everything I want instead of trying to take all my health conditions into consideration with migraine. I feel like I accept it to the point where I'm like, yes, I live with this. Yes, it affects me, but I don't fully accept the extent to which it affects literally every part of my life. That's like part of having a coping mechanism, right? Because I do that as well. I have some days where I am in so much physical agony. In fact, when I woke up this morning, I was like, I don't know how this day is going to go. And in that moment, I was like, I don't accept that these are my circumstances. I'm having a very, very hard time wrapping my head around the fact that this in particular is my life. This is how I'm experiencing the world. I think that sometimes we have to do that to survive. We have to kind of compartmentalize our illnesses from our actual life. And I know I've talked about this before, but in a way, sometimes we have to make decisions that make us happy, even if we're paying for it physically. And if I'm ever going to thrive, I have to have something that's bringing me joy. And sometimes in order to get joy, I have to push myself. 
recording this podcast guy has taken so much of my energy i don't know about you oh yeah we've texted each other after like ah time to go take a nap we just recorded a podcast but it's been so worth it oh absolutely it's been so worth it despite how hard it's been and i think that that's a really great example of like sometimes with migraine you just gotta do it you gotta take the leap even if you're paying for a little bit because now i have something that i'm proud of and have something that hopefully makes other people feel heard and understood and i think that's really important as well and on that note sky what are you proud of doing while living with migraine what's something in your life you're proud of We had talked about this question before as we were preparing to record this episode and I've been thinking about it and I've been dreading it because as you can ask my therapist who I had a session with this morning, don't like talking about myself or I don't like giving myself kudos. So this feels so uncomfortable, but I had the wild opportunity to be on Jeopardy. Yeah, you did. Everyone, (laughs) I have been so waiting for Sky to tell us about this. Tell us more. How did it feel? How did you get there? What was that like? So I've been taking the online test since I was 15. I'm going to be 27 this summer, so it's been a journey. It was the online test and then a test on Zoom and then an audition. And then you just wait and ah, it happened. Like a lot of Jeopardy fans always wanted to be on the show and everything. And our lovely producer camera came to see it in person. She was my audience member, which was amazing. How very mighty of the two of you. Just love it. Oh, it was incredible. Other people were like, oh, yeah, my whole family's here, blah, blah. And I was like, my coworker, who I've never met in person, is here. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, that was wild because I did have to travel from the East Coast to L.A., which I've never been to before. And I was on my own. And the day after I got there, I, was, I had a horrible migraine. Probably unsurprisingly, I went in February when L.A. was getting drenched in rain. And it was a weird weather time. So my head was not happy. But it was kind of one of those things where, yeah, like I had to push myself because I wasn't not going to do it. I mean, you were in Jeopardy. Yeah, like it's the wildest dream come true. And of course, I was like, okay, even if I get hit with a horrible migraine on stage, you got to do it. There was no way I would miss that. And so that's definitely something I'm really proud of. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Like, did I have a viewing party with my parents to watch your episode? I did. It was so cute. <laughs> my parents have this really cool theater room and have this amazing projector and got to see Sky on the big screen and my parents were into it. I tried answering the questions, literally. There was only one category that I feel like I did well, but you did it even with chronic illness and that's really exciting. The letdown migraine after was wild and then I low-key think I'm still paying for that trip even though we're recording this months after I was on the show and I still feel like the letdown migraine from making that journey is still hitting me. (laughs) That's to me is why my social life is just not very vibrant. It's hard. If I am going to take care of myself, I just have to weigh the pros and cons. And I invite the day when I'm able to not have to do so many chronic illness calculations to figure out how much I give and how much I take. But yay, what a great thing to be proud of. And I was about to say, now one of my favorite topics, what Kat's proud of accomplishing with migraine. Y'all, I wrote two books. And they're so incredible. Thank you. My books are called Migraine and Mia and Surgery and Sunday. They are both picture books, kids books, but I will say I hear from a lot of adults that read them. And they have just been a lifelong dream of mine. I've always wanted to be a writer. Definitely never wanted to be a podcast host, but I mean, come on, adopting it as my second career path now. But they have been just such bright spots in my life. Being able to connect with other people, kids who have been in the hospital and go in having read my book repeating lines, giving the book to nurses. 
what joy that's brought me. It comes from a place of deep physical pain. And I don't want to turn into that, like, I took lemons and made lemonade. (laughs) But I really did do my own version of that, right? There's that saying, write what you know. And what I know is health struggles. And so I'm really proud of being able to take that and like making it into something. And then I would say the other thing I'm super proud of doing with migraine is that like my kick-ass dog mom. Dachshund, sweet baby. He's so sweet. And I adopted Dachshund when I was in a very, very large depressive episode because it got to a point where it was just like this loneliness is so deep inside me and I just can't be by myself all day, every day while my partner's at work. So I adopted him and I'm just so proud of myself. You know, a lot of my spare energy goes to taking care of him and it's worth every single moment. He's sleeping behind me right now and I just look at him like my baby, my angel. Just the ears, his ears, like it's... Here's got like this awesome collar of fur around him. He looks like a little lion. Well, thank you, Sky, for opening up and being honest about how you're doing. The last thing I wanted to do was come in this episode today, everyone, and be like, Sky and I, thriving with migraine, you can too. We're having a great time. <laughs> Love this. It was really good, though. I know I especially loved episode 10 when we had Morgan on, and she shared her story of hope and story of recovery and her story of thriving. And I hope that we can one day get there and I hope that life for so many others. I'm curious, Sky, when you look back on this season, what topics did you love talking about? It's so hard to pick just one. I mean, every episode we had a guest on was incredible, learned so much. That like treatment episode with Dr. Vanderploim, oh my goodness. But I came into this really excited for like the mental health and migraine episode. And I don't know if enjoys the right word. It ended up being more challenging to talk about than I thought. There's something about vulnerability that gets a bit different when you're in front of a microphone (laughs) and you're being recorded. (laughs) I think it's because your voice sounds so good, which means that your vulnerability is like so clear. I was especially thankful that our guests were vulnerable themselves and it made me feel really comfortable about sharing myself. A really special thing for me is when we had the episode with three other Mighty Staffers who talked about their experiences with migraine. And I think it was just a reminder to me that there are so many of us out there and that there is strength in exchanging tips and there is strength in just commiserating about the awfulness that migraine can be. I don't take that episode for granted, so I really, really enjoyed that. Sky, what's been the hardest part about recording this podcast? It's hard when you're like recording and you're in the midst of a brutal migraine attack. We knew that would happen. We knew we'd be in pain while recording because, you know, we tend to always be in pain. Can't have chronic migraine and record a 12 episode season in a short amount of time without knowing that you're going to feel pretty miserable some of those recording days. Oh, yeah. There are some days I rip off the ice pack and I'm like, all right, time to get into this. And so that would be hard with the brain fog and everything. But if you've been with us through this whole journey, thank you for that, by the way, I would get really emotional because the reality of living with migraine for as long as I have, how it's the reality for so many people around the world, it would really sink in and I would get super emotional and just kind of have to take a moment to myself. So that was hard. What'd you find? I felt like a great responsibility to represent the condition well, right? Because you and I only were two perspectives in a very large sea of people living with migraine. And we don't have other types of migraine that people have. And so part of me is like, oh, I really wish we could have had more representation from a variety of levels in terms of migraine experiences. So I've been really anxious. I hope everyone feels like we did the condition well, that we're advocating and representing it well. 
something I really struggled with was, did you know it's really hard to pace an episode to make sure that you're not talking for too long about one thing and moving through it, Sky? I listen to probably like 40 hours of podcasts at least every week and a half. It's so different. Kat is amazing, a natural. Your reporter instincts are just so there even on the podcast. But yeah, it's different. (laughs) What do you wish we would have had time to dive into this season that we didn't really get to talk about? I mean, our audience is probably super thankful we didn't have time for this, but I would have loved to get into like the nitty gritty physiology of it all and like the different theories of, oh, well, we thought migraine was vascular, but we disproved that. So let's talk about how the nervous system works in these (laughs) ion channels and different synapses, blah, blah, blah. And I would have loved to talk more about that. I would not be able to contribute to the episode, but I'd love to watch you do it by yourself. Oh, me neither. I would have loved to have one of our amazing neurologist guests teach me. That and like the history of migraine, which we got it a bit into, but I would have loved to do like a deeper dive of like, oh, let's talk about what like Plenty the Elder thought you could use to treat migraine because that's wild. How about you, Kat? What do you wish we had time for? I wish we would have had a parenting episode so bad. It was kind of one of those topics that like hit the cutting room floor, if you will. We had to narrow it down to 12 topics when we were outlining. And I really wish we could have had one about parenting, kind of both sides, right? People like me who have had to make really tough not being a parent decisions because of migraine, but then also the people who are parents and what it's like for them to live with migraine and have a family or the other end, what it's like to have a child that lives with migraine. I think that that would have been really interesting to explore. So perhaps one day we'll have an opportunity to have those guests because that would be really, really interesting. Let's maybe get a little spicy. Me spicy? No. (laughs) What won't you miss about making this podcast? I admittedly will not miss the amount of energy I need to recoup when I'm done. Typically, when we've been recording these episodes, my brain is like one of those 1980s or 70s, I don't know. Whenever Pyrex Jello mold <laughs> salads were popular, that is what my brain feels like. Just like a straight up really gross lime jello brain. That was so specific and I wasn't expecting it. But <laughs> yeah, that's so good. The 50s like hot dog jello. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I've really had to front load my days, like the amount of stuff I tried to get done before this. So I won't miss that. What about you, Sky? I couldn't endorse what you said more. It's exhausting. I finish this up and I'm like, how did like everybody on NPR, you're telling me Ira Glass doesn't have to take a nap for three hours after recording. It's a lot. But I think it's safe to say we both will miss a lot more then we're saying we won't miss like the pros definitely outweigh the cons <laughs> oh the pros are overflowing one it's been so nice getting to know you better i think one thing i realized that when you work remotely and you work async a lot of the time you don't really get to like sit down with your coworkers and really 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 talk to them you talk on zoom but it's usually like a couple of minutes of rapport prior to like getting down and dirty and even though this is technically Ben work. It's been really lovely to get to know you better and hear more about your life. That's definitely one of my favorite parts. I mean, without this show, I wouldn't have known you went to space camp. Are you kidding me? I have not been able to top that anecdote all season long. I kept thinking, I was like, there's going to be another time where I can just like drop this really great moment. And I don't know, space camp really just sets it apart. It's been so nice to like get to know you more. I mean, initially, I was not going to be a host on this podcast at all. That was not the plan originally. I was just going to do, oh, let me look at some statistics and pop in some research behind the scenes. And then, you know, things happen, like the ideas for the series evolved. And we were like, all right, we're gonna have two hosts for this. And I was like, all right, put me in coach. Let's go. And it's been so 
great to just kind of bask in your greatness, Kat, but also get to know you better. I think the other thing that's been really fascinating, you know, we've talked about this before. One of my favorite parts about being at the Mighty is how much you learn about health conditions. And so it was kind of really interesting to me that even though we both live with migraine, have lived with it for a very long time, I like to think I know a lot about the disease and can speak about it in a way that feels educated and articulate. I still learned so much. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> from our guests, from listening, from doing all of our research, from talking to our community, I feel like I have just such a better understanding of other people who live with migraine, kind of the future of migraine, of research, of treatments, ways that I can talk to my doctor better. Sky, perhaps going and seeing an actual headache specialist. I have to make that phone call today. It's on my list. <laughs> yep. Good things have happened as a result of this season. And of course, more than anything, shout out to everyone who has listened and made it through this entire season. We're really grateful for you and we will probably miss you most of all because now Sky and I have to go back to just talking to each other, which is fun, but not nearly as fun as having everyone out there as a part of it. Yeah, thank you all so much for being there with us every step of the way. It's been really nice to feel connected with our community in a new way. And I think the last thing would be, you know, this is not the end of health and unwellness. This was solely our very first season. So if you have a topic or a condition, it would be really nice to do something like depression or anxiety or bipolar or BPD. Let us know what condition you would like us to explore next. So I shared my hopes for the future of health and unwellness. But Sky, what about you? What conditions would you love to see us cover? Bipolar is a big one. I mean, for me on a very personal level, but it would be really interesting to dive into that. OCD, also near and dear to my heart. We have a pretty big Ehlers-Danlos syndrome audience. I don't know how we would encapsulate every subtype, you know, in just a season of a podcast, but that'd be really exciting to cover as well. I love to see the misconception, not see, but listen to the misconceptions episode of an EDS season. Ooh, so many. So many. Same with OCD. Those would all be really, really good. I like that a lot. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you laughed, learned, and felt seen in equal measure throughout this first migraine-centric season of health and unwellness. Sky and I, we loved being your co-pilots this season. Thank you for being here with us through the ups and the downs that come with living with migraine because there are a lot of them. We're always here for you in sickness and in health. And it's nice to know you're here for us too. And in case you needed to hear it, you are worthy, even on your worst pain days. Download the Mighty app for more.